Ruin My Childhood. Hello, and welcome to Ruin My Childhood, the podcast where we decide if some things are better left in the past. I'm Kat. And I'm Mike. And today we are going to be talking about Matilda. Matilda. It's delightful. What do you remember about this movie? Um, I remember I'm big, you're small, I'm right, you're wrong. Uh, I think Danny DeVito's character says that to Matilda. I remember a big, scary woman, and she has telekinesis. I, I That's <laughs> all I really remember about the movie. I remember loving it as a kid, but that's really all that I remember. Interesting. Um, Actually, I watched this movie, you know, at least three years ago. And strangely enough, I don't remember much of it. I know that I love this movie. I remember um, that she, of course, she has her powers, and I remember that she likes to read, and she goes to the library and reads all of the kids' books, which is pretty badass, if you ask me, Um, and the chokey, and uh, there are just so many good scenes in this movie that that I can I can remember pretty distinctly, the scene with the chocolate cake. Oh, that's right, the chocolate cake. I remember that with the big chubby kid isn't it the kid from um uh what is it the wedding singer who grabs drew barrymore's butt when they're dancing i have no idea i think it is that kid i just know he's a a a tubby little guy oh and there's a scene (laughs) with like a newt or something like that where they put like a newt or a little lizard in like somebody's glass of water something like that It, it is hard for me to differentiate between the movie and the book though i never read the book oh it's wonderful it's a classic you should read it. I was thinking about it, but I I don't think I've actually read any of the Ronald Dahl books. What did you call him? Isn't his name Ronald Dahl? <laughs> it's Roald Dahl. Oh, that's right. No, it's Ronald, isn't it? No, it's Roald. How do you spell that? R-O-A-L-D. Is it Roald? Roald, Roald? I think, I guess. It's a dumb name. He it's not even a name. delightful. Okay, he overcame a lot. He wrote James and the Giant Peach like while his son was dying. And still, it is a delightful tale about Maybe James. Maybe his son was dying of embarrassment because he was the son of Rold. You're a horrible person. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, in my mind, he is second only to J.M. Barry, but I digress. I think we should just go watch this movie. Wait, we can't just go watch this movie. Why? Because last episode, we asked our listeners to send us tweets ah. about what they remember from, from the, the movie. Did anyone actually tweet it? We us? got, I got a DM. Um, sliding in the DMs. Sliding in the DMs. What, you ashamed? You ashamed to admit you listened to us? Who is this? Yeah. So his name was Albert O. It's all Albert, it's Albert o. o. Albert O. Albert O. Who is ashamed to be a listener, apparently. Um, but he said all he remembered is the cake scene with some fat kid. Oh, <laughs> well, I I said he was a tubby little fellow. Well, he Albert O said uh, he's fat. Albert O just thrown out that hard F there. All right. Yep. But uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Albert O, for uh, getting in touch with us. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to announce something at the end of this episode. And same thing. We're going to let you guys tweet at us and we'll read your tweets on air yes so yes let's go watch the movie now all right listen you little wiseacre i'm big you're little i'm right you're wrong when you're very small the world is a very big place but for matilda 
The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Matilda. Rated PG. All right, we are back from watching Matilda, and you know, we've had some really good luck on this podcast where there aren't a lot of things that we've remembered loving that we've been disappointed by. Right. This movie's different than I remembered. In fact, I, for some reason, thought she had her powers a lot longer in the movie, and just like Carrie, she has little bursts of using it, but right, she doesn't she really have a control. Had her powers. But she didn't get, like actually learn how to control them until less than a half an hour left in the movie. So this movie was an hour and 38 minutes. And I, as soon as she realized what the trigger is and how she can control them, I paused the movie and looked at the time. It was an hour and eight minutes. So there was a half hour left, including credits, is when she actually was able to control the powers. Right. She learned that she was only powerful when um, she tapped into her inner rage. When somebody like, was yelling at her. Like any young woman in this day and age. <laughs> <laughs> This movie, like a lot of other movies we've watched from the 90s, is pretty dark at a lot of points. It is. But it's like whimsical, too. I don't think too. it ever goes so dark that it's disturbing, though. It's not like like Babe when they kill the sheep and you see like a close-up of its face with its right. tongue hanging Right, it's just out. like... It's not that style. It's like more whimsical, like Tim Burton dark. Gross negligence. So speaking of Tim Burton, <laughs> this movie has three people who appeared in Tim Burton movies um, in major roles. So, of course, you had Danny DeVito. who was uh, Oh, I love Danny DeVito as well. He was, of course, Penguin, Oswald Cobblepot. Oswald Cobblepot in Batman <laughs> Returns. Paul Rubens, who played Pee-wee, was uh <laughs> Was this, this his as first well. movie after the theater incident? No, this was before that. This is before that? This is before that. Oh. Yeah. And then you had... Uh, the other FBI agent with Paul Rubens was Bob the Goon in the original Batman Wait, movie. Wait, so, so you know exactly when the theater incident was? All I, I, <laughs> I don't remember exactly when it is, but or when it was. But I remember when he came back, he was like, heard any good jokes lately? And I feel like I was older than that. So I can't say 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure this was mm. after. Yeah, there might actually be listeners who don't know what we're talking about. So Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? Um, he was arrested for pleasuring himself in an, in an adult movie theater. Which I think is kind of ridiculous that one can be arrested for that. Well, you're just supposed to enjoy the film. You're not you supposed said, to enjoy oh, the BS. film. I think that's garbage. Somebody's got to clean that. Maybe he had protection. <laughs> So anyway, oh, getting gross. back into the... Uh, I don't think that's fair, personally, but that's not really my thing. But yeah, three three uh, Tim Burton stars were in this movie, and it kind of makes sense. Danny DeVito directed this, and he uh, this movie very very well could have been a Tim Burton movie. It did share a lot of like the whimsy and really kind of dark kind of humor. and It was very stylized. It was. It, especially the scenes when she finally learned how to control her powers and she was moving a lot of things around the house, like the way things moved and she was moving like alarm clocks and like whistles and all these different things. Like it looked very much like a practical effect from a Tim Burton movie. Right. 
Like, honestly, if you didn't, if I didn't know Danny DeVito directed this, I would have thought Tim Burton did. And I actually really liked the practical effects. What I love about this movie is a lot of stuff around this time, the special effects don't hold up and it just looks bad. But I think that they approached the practical effects and the special effects in such a way that they knew it wasn't going to look good or believable. So they just made it really goofy. Yeah. And it's still really goofy and hilarious. It really, realistically, realistically, um, it kind of looks like if you go to like one of those like cheesy museums where they just have little things on the wall move, um, stuff like that, like. All it was was little things like that could obviously be set up to like an air compressor to move. And I love the scene where Trunchbull. 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 It's spelled T-R-U-N-C-H-B-U-L-L. Trunchbull. I love the scene where she grabs um, Amanda Thrip by her pigtails. Is that the actress's name? No, or the character? that's the character. She grabs her by the pigtails. <laughs> <laughs> twirls her around. And twirls her around. Because, you know, she she's like a, a shot put. Shot Olympian. put, hammer throw, javelin, yes. Olympian. So this is, you know, in her wheelhouse, and she spins around, and she launches this poor child, and <laughs> the effects of this kid flying through the air, absolutely hilarious. At one point, she flips over midair, and then she's in this seated position. <laughs> <laughs> and then she lands in, like, a field and, like, slides across it for, like, 100 yards, and she's picking up flowers as she's doing it. I love it. And like the kids, I mean, the kids are, you know, adorable. our age. They're our age or older, um, but they're the most adorable child actors and the most awkward ones. Okay. So I want to point this out and then I think we should probably summarize the movie mm-hmm. briefly. But uh, Stevie from Malcolm in the Middle is in this. He was. And he was adorable. He was a super cute <laughs> little kid and not in a wheelchair. Not in a wheelchair. Um not that you can't be super cute in a wheelchair, Michael. <laughs> That's true. That's not <laughs> what a I meant. Weird thing but to point I out. honestly <laughs> didn't know if that kid was a handy capable actor or not. Yeah, in Malcolm in the Middle cuz before I realized he was in this I haven't really seen him in anything else. So I thought maybe he really was handicapped. All right. So, summary real quick. Uh Matilda was born to some neglectful parents. Uh isn't that negligent? Negligent parents. Uh, Danny DeVito. And uh, I always forget the Rhea actor. Perlman. Rhea Perlman. And it's really Is funny. Is she related to the other weird looking Perlman? I don't, I have no idea. Is there another Perlman? Are you talking about Ron Perlman? Yes. I don't think so. Ron Perlman, by the way, I've met him. He's super nice and super cool in person. But she, they give birth, like she's like Ron born. Ron Perlman, Rhea Perlman, and the white gorilla. Uh, Nick Nolte? Or is that Nick Nolte? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm getting my exactly. weird looking actors mixed up And Gary Busey I used to get Gary Busey oh, and Nick Nolte confer- I would uh, confused. not want to be stuck in an elevator with Gary Busey he, That man terrifies me Oh but he's in one of my favorite movies of all time He is terrif- He and Mickey Rourke scare the crap out of me Anyway So <laughs> she's born and like immediately They try to like skip out on paying the hospital bill Like what are they going to do Repossess the baby They have a point Right. Uh, it just goes to collections and ruins your credit score. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so at like Not several months old, she is able to write her name and her like baby food on a counter. And then at like three years old, she teaches herself how to read and she ends up walking to a library. And she, like Katrina said earlier, she reads all the child books and then she starts reading more advanced books. So at one point, her dad starts like chastising her for being smart and was like, well, you can't learn. There's nothing you can't learn. 
from a TV faster than in a book and basically treats her like a terrible person. They leave her at home by herself. Which, I mean, is a fair point when you're talking about Anna Karenina, but... Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, so they leave her specifically to take care of like the packages. It wasn't a joke. It was a valid point. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't read that book. Or um, oh, what's another book that I just couldn't get into that the movie made? I don't remember. It? It. It is a hard book to read. Jesus Christ, it's a hard book to read. Yeah. Um. Anyway. I mean, I, I'm with you, man, in, in those two instances. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, they look down on her for being smart and using her brains. And then eventually, like, they force her to watch television and she, like, blows up the TV. And then meanwhile, he's, like, a really shady, like, used car salesman and he like does all he teaches his kids how to basically make cars run temporarily so he can sell them and then eventually he meets up with principal trunchbull or headmistress trunchbull and sells her a car and he realizes she's kind of evil and decides she can go to school with this evil lady (laughs) and that's that's pretty much it like she goes to school and meets a really nice teacher and she decides that she wants to get revenge on her parents and make the teacher's life better. And that's pretty much the movie. And she has telekinesis. It's telekinesis, Kyle. Mind bullets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, one thing that I always forget about in this movie is that, uh, m- is it Ms. Honey? Ms. Honey. Miss Honey. Miss Honey. Honey, the nice teacher, um, is played by the same actress who plays like genuinely terrible characters in other movies really she's in i think she's in bridget jones diary this is pretty much the only film where she's a nice person huh she plays it so well she's so sweet yes i mean on one hand though that character is is, very weak she's she's weak she's sweet but she's also like I don't know if she's, like, just so emotionally traumatized from her childhood, but she's, like, a little bit off. Well, her she's dad all there. <laughs> was murdered by her step, or her dad was murdered by his stepsister, and then she was forced to live with the stepsister who treated her terribly. This headmistress also literally tortures children. Yes. Puts them in, like, Iron Maiden type things throws them, threatens to murder people with hammer throw ball things, shot puts, and javelins. She's a terrible person. Murder throw ball things? Murder people with, like, the hammer throw ball things. Like, are they just called hammer? Like, it's the hammer toss, know. but are they called hammers? I, I would assume I think so. they're just called hammers, yeah. Even though they're nothing like a hammer. It's literally a ball with a chain and a handle. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the character seems like she's a little touched. Oh, I mean, she definitely is. <laughs> to the point of maybe not being able to function in society. Oh, she definitely can't function until a little girl teaches her how to be an adult. Right. That's a little weird. Yeah, it's totally weird. Basically, so the thing that's <laughs> weird about this movie is she mentions that Matilda is already reading at a college level in at six and a half years old. And Matilda's been cooking, cleaning, raising herself. She's able to do basically help her dad with her the books for the business if she really wanted to. Like she's an adult in a child's body. It's creepy. Yeah, it is a little bit creepy. I also wonder, okay, so Matilda basically had to learn how to take care of herself by right. three years old. 
And and it wasn't just born of necessity. Like, she obviously was special. She has her telekinesis stuff. Where does she get it? Was she, like, switched at birth in the hospital? What's the situation there? That bothers me. I have no idea. Well, also, actually, there was some exposition at the beginning. What was it? Kind of. So, uh, Danny DeVito narrated and directed this movie. He, like, at the opening... I have thoughts on that later. Okay. <laughs> so, at the beginning, he says every person is born unique. They might be good at this. They might be good at that. You might only be able to be good at cooking one thing, and that might be the only thing that makes you special. But Matilda was especially special. So, he basically was like, she was just, like, one in a billion, just amazing. Right. So, we see how the parents treat Matilda, and they don't take care of her. They don't... I mean, it doesn't seem like they know how to take care of an infant. Matilda's brother is not the sharpest tool in the shed. He's how dumb. did he survive? Did well, they take good care of him because he was the male child? That's or, exactly or what? what it is. So in a scene when he's talking to uh, Headmistress Trunchbull, he mentions, I've got an amazing son and one mistake. Right. But I, I kind of feel like, sure, they were annoyed to have a daughter, but he didn't start like full on hating her until she got smarter than him and he felt threatened. Right. I don't feel like he was threatened when she was a baby. I feel like the parents just kind of ignored her like she was an inconvenience. Right. I agree. That seems about right. And then he made she made him them feel small and little. And I think, yeah, I think you're you're you cut the movie to the core. I think you figured out you cracked this thing wide open, baby. Male fragility. Yep. The fragile male ego. I mean, that's really where most of the conflict comes from is from pride. Right. So there's a scene later. And this need for control. Right. So there's a scene after her first day in school and she's able to do this like ridiculously hard multiplication problem in her head, right? And so Miss Honey comes over and interrupts like a wrestling match or a boxing match or something. And like the whole family is like super like pissed off because they interrupt. She interrupted TV. And she goes in like, she could be ready for college in less than two years. And they like start looking down on Miss Honey like, oh, you went to college and now you're stuck with a job where I focused on my looks. And look, I have a, a husband who takes care of me and a nice house. They're just mocking intellectualism. They're mocking me. And she says, she openly says that. She's like, you you can't look down on people who are educated. And she even says like, if you went to the doctor, your doctor went to college. If you get sued because you're selling shady cars. And he like blows up. She goes, your lawyer is going to have a college degree. It's so painfully relevant. It's incredibly relevant right now. And as soon as I watched when that scene was going on, I looked at you and I was like, this makes a lot of sense today. Right. And it's something I'm, like maybe other people aren't aware of this. I fell down this rabbit hole maybe like six months ago on YouTube where I was just, you know, I was curious. I was kind of seeking out these videos that cater to a fairly um, intolerant, like very, very right wing people. And the comment sections, like in, in a lot of these videos, were just entirely about bashing education and intellectualism and painting higher education as a whole, like all of higher education in the United States as some kind of a liberal conspiracy. Right. And it was really interesting that they could have hit the nail on the head with that type of person in this movie way back then. 1996. When, like, those people exist now. It's terrifying. Well, the thing, like, have they always existed? Did I, I just not have any exposure to them I, before? They, they, they've always existed because you've always heard people. I've always heard people say like, oh, college is brainwashing people into being liberals and stuff like that. But I remember seeing a meme the other day where it was something along the lines of like, call it this, call it this, just don't call it science. No. 
and everything. And it, it's true. Like, it's it's insane how people are so willing to just brush off science because it's uncomfortable for them because it proves what they've believed is wrong. Yeah. Um, oh, that's like another thing about pride. I think like part of the reason that a lot of people it like completely entirely reject evolution full stop is because they're so proud of themselves and they just can't fathom that we evolved from something less than human. Right. It's like, you know, we're I mean, we get right down to it, we're just a smarter animal. Yeah. <laughs> I think that makes people very uncomfortable. Yeah, I I get it. I I totally do. And then when you think of like the scale of the universe and everything, you got all those flat earthers like mm. out there all around the world. All around the world. <laughs> <laughs> um I think uh. that's really what it is, just this fear that we're so small and insignificant in the universe that if the universe doesn't revolve around the earth, like we really don't matter. Right. Anyway, back to Matilda. <laughs> One of the things I found interesting is I always like to try to find some facts in yeah. the, around these movies. And obviously the characters are terrible to Matilda. Like they don't, they keep thinking she's like four years old well, and she's actually like six and a half. they're like sad facts in real life. Right. So um, Mara Wilson her mother died while filming this movie. It's terrible. So the thing that's actually kind of heartwarming about it, though, is um, Danny DeVito and uh, Pearl. Rhea. Rhea, Rhea Pearl. Pearlman. I don't know, Rhea Pearlman. I don't know why I can't get her name. <laughs> Rhea. Rhea Pearlman. Like, Diarrhea. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and things, my parents watched Cheers when I was growing up, so I feel like I should know her name. Anyway, they have, they have they're married in real life, and they actually... While her father <laughs> was, they have children. I have no idea. Um, oh. There's a great Family Guy sketch where they're like, Danny DeVito like proposes, and she's like, no, and he's like, Rhea, if not for not me, who else? And she's like, fine, or something along oh. those lines. You know what though? You can be, you can be the most average of actors, but if you're even the tiniest bit good at comedy, and you've got a face like that, you're gonna make it. Right. And Danny DeVito's like legitimately talented. He is very talented. He's just really bizarrely I, I, short. I, yeah, he's he's got a weird body. <laughs> um, weird but I body. love him. I love him and everything he's in. But anyway, so they actually kind of like they didn't adopt or anything, but her dad was still working and taking care of the mom. So they'd actually invite her over and she would spend the nights with them and they would take care of her. And they yeah. actually um, the 25th anniversary of this movie was just a couple years ago. And Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman actually put the big together this, like big reunion, like a reunion tea party and had everybody over. And they legitimately seemed like they loved the entire cast. Like oh, I watched cute. this little like clip of it. So that's one thing. And then like, what was the other one? So some of the other things that I thought, I thought Danny DeVito was perfect in this movie. I, I can't imagine somebody else in the role. I thought he was perfect. The directing was obviously amazing. There's absolutely nothing that I did not like about this movie except i thought his narration i i think it could have been better to have someone else yeah i kind of i kind of can see where you you'd because say he that. has such a distinct voice that it's and obvious you, and it's you the father see, yeah it's the father who is this just absolutely vile anti-intellectualist right. character i think it would have been nice to have maybe even miss honey be or, the narrator or just like you know that generic comforting British. male <laughs> storybook reading voice or if it was something along the lines of like him being regretful for giving up his daughter because at the end of the movie he 
the FBI finally like corners them. They're going to get arrested. So they decide to go to Guam, which is a U.S. territory. <laughs> uh, Shout which, out to my Guamies. Right. Uh, if he was like, this is the story of my daughter kind of thing, like maybe it would work, but he was just supposed to be like somebody else. Because at the end of the movie, he didn't really seem to care that he was giving her up. The mom kind of was like, no, it's the right thing to do. We should do it. But yeah, it was a kind of like... I thought that was an odd choice. And yeah. I, I think that's the one thing I did not like about this movie. Yeah, and it's weird because it's still weird that I feel like even though Miss Honey is sweet and she loves Matilda, I still like feel like... I still feel like Matilda is going to raise herself. Like, she went and got a lawyer and figured out how to draw up these papers. Well, she didn't get a lawyer. Or she just drew up the papers herself. Right, like, yeah. she looked at the laws. And there's another thing where, like, she stands up to the FBI and is like, legal stature X94. The only penal reason code thing, you, you can't need a this. lawyer for a lot of these things is because they have access to, like, the notaries. They know the law. They know how to not right. screw stuff up. But a lot of this stuff you could technically do on your own. Right. But yeah, she did do it on her not own. Not adoption, though. 100% not adoption. Like, you have to appear before a judge. Yeah. And the judge has to okay all of that. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I wish that we had a little bit more backstory on Trunchbull. You know, we know that she's an Olympian. You know that she killed Miss Honey's father. You know that she killed Miss Honey's father. But how did she get to, to that be so point? hateful? I think she has a hormonal imbalance. Um... But that is also probably the foundation of her athletic prowess. You know what I think it is? I think I have a theory. <laughs> she has so, a lot of testosterone. She has a lot of testosterone. So <laughs> she mentions that like she was never a kid. So what I think happened is obviously she has some imbalances and everything. So she was probably made fun of as a kid and just always hated kids, even as a child. I can so relate she, to that. So I think what it, <laughs> yeah, but you like kids. I like kids now. Um, I think she just grew up hating kids and being like fearing kids because they were so mean to her that she just grew up and decided to hate kids as an adult. Hmm. You know, I don't remember if the book had any more backstory because so much of Roald Dahl's writing explains how people ended up being the way they are and how they ended up bitter or dark or even evil. You know, it, it, very little of his writing is just black and white, cut and dry. Like, oh, this person's evil just because. Right. I'm going to take your word on that because I have no idea. I haven't read any of his I, books. You know, I don't remember that that part of that book. I think that just a few scenes I want to talk about. So I actually was so most of the, like the moving stuff with the mind was like things shaking or obviously just putting compressed air through something that's mounted on a wall. Right. But I thought the scene where she's making the playing cards fly around and the mm -hmm. poker chips actually looked pretty good. Yeah, all I think all of the effects look really good, and any effects that they knew would not have held up, they just made look really goofy, and it worked. Like the girl flying through the air. I loved it. And then the scene at the end, like the big climactic scene when they finally like drive out Miss Trenchbull, was uh, <laughs> she had the house appear haunted, and then she had the school appear haunted and like wrote on the chalkboard like you killed me i'm gonna do the same thing to you unless you give my daughter back her Making house and it money seem like magnus miss honey's father was speaking to his his stepsister from beyond the grave did we did we figure out that she was his stepsister yeah that miss honey talks about it so okay because that was weird that trunchbull is not miss honey's last name yet miss honey's brother is trunchbull's sister yeah it was, there, it was his stepsister so they they mentioned so there's a scene towards the middle of the movie where Matilda and Miss Honey 
break into Miss Trenchbull's house because they want to get her doll back. That is some good old-fashioned stepchild discrimination, though. Right. <laughs> so they got they were living together, and then stuff happened. Like they they were sharing the house, and then she decided she wanted the house, and she killed her. So she Miss Honey doesn't explicitly say that her dad was um killed by Miss Trunchbull. Like it Miss Trunchbull made it look like a suicide and then Matilda says based off what you told me about your dad, I don't feel like he would take his own life. Miss Honey goes, "Yeah, and me neither do I." Mm-hmm. And so basically implying that Miss Trunchbull probably killed them or killed the father, but mm-hmm. there's no actual evidence other than Matilda basically on a chalkboard's like i i'm gonna do what you did to me and miss trunchbull looks terrified yeah so basically confirming it but she basically gets off like she leaves she abandons the school and never comes back so she just ran away and went into hiding (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's pretty much it um Uh, what else do i have I found it hard to take notes because I actually was like watching I the really movie. I really enjoyed this movie. I hardly took any notes at all. It I've was got just... one more note. What? <laughs> okay. So there's a scene where the chubby kid, and I did look it up. It is the kid from uh, from 51st Date. Not 51st Date. Um, the Wedding Singer. Uh-huh. He stole a piece of her cake. And then so she makes the, she makes this giant cake that's easily like three feet in she diameter. She make it. Cookie, uh, cookie made ate it. it. Or made it. <laughs> cookie. Um, she made this. She See had this cake lunch. made that was... <laughs> Like three feet in diameter and like a good foot thick, right? <laughs> and was going to make this kid eat the entire thing it's as punishment. Amazing. I could do it. It looks like a good cake. And so he looks like he's going to fail. And then Matilda starts cheering him on and all the kids start cheering. So Miss Trunchbull's like, I'm going to keep you here all night. And when she said <laughs> that, I immediately thought of this scene from uh, Mean Girls where the principal's like, I'm going to keep you here all night if Actually, I have to. we can't keep them past four o'clock. I will keep you here until four o'clock. <laughs> such a good scene i thought of that immediately it made me laugh so hard but where are all the parents in this school that's the thing so how they are mentioned- all these kids going home like probably with wounds right because trunchbull walks around with a whip so the kids mentioned that some of them have told their parents and the parents didn't believe them <laughs> and they never visit right one of the things it's like i wouldn't believe the things that they said having like the chokey and a kid getting thrown hundreds of feet like did you know that corporal punishment is still legal in some states good they do this thing called called raps i guess where they can like hit your children good isn't that terrifying like how on earth is that still legal that's insane that is absolutely insane to me that it's like in so many places, people can go to jail for spanking their children. Right. If you take it to the right people and you go before the right judge, like your life can be destroyed, and yet a teacher can hit your child in other right. states. That's it's pretty so messed up. weird. That is so weird. You'd think that like federal laws to protect children would like cover all of this, no. but apparently not. You know, it was even more the messed up than that. Right to beat your children is still alive and strong. <laughs> you know, it was more messed up than that. So going back to the scene with the cake, okay. she didn't even give him a glass of milk. Oh, you can't come. eat that much cake without milk. That it's not physically possible. <laughs> Maybe he has um, a, a more well-lubricated throat. Gullet. <laughs> Gullet. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. Um, I did find it hard to take notes on this movie because I was so interested in it. And it's just visually a fantastic movie. 
I love this this type of stylized film. There wasn't a single shot in this film that wasn't beautiful or interesting. I agree. It was a very interesting looking. Like I, I, I agree. It was visually stimulating. Visually rich. You know what else I liked? So before she goes to school, there's a point where she says something to. Oh, so she's doing math, right? The dad's like reading all these figures and quick maths. And so she she does the math in her head. And, <laughs> stop it. The the she goes, she gives the answer out, and the dad's like, "You cheated. You looked." She's like, "How could One I see plus the paper two is from three here?" Quick stop it. <laughs> and so think shock. <laughs> um. And so he like accuses her of cheating, and she goes, "When people, when somebody does something bad, they must be punished." And there's like the narration goes, "He made a mistake. He should have said when children are bad, they need to be punished." Mm. And Matilda interpreted it as when someone's bad, yeah. they need to be punished. So she decides to punish the the dad. I love it. And so she puts like the mom's peroxide in his hair oil, and mm-hmm. his hair gets bleached. I thought he actually looked better with the bleached hair. You know, it would not have been a bad character choice. No, it wouldn't have been. I feel like it added to the kind of like the sleazy car salesman thing. I thought it looked better for the character. Just saying. I mean, all of the characters. Okay, so we already talked about how Miss Honey's like a little bit of a weak character. But, you know, she's effective. She's effective in her own way. All of the characters are very well developed. And I, as disgusting and painful as it is to watch Trunchbull, she's such a perfect villain. I love how animalistic she is, like how she sniffs everything. And she grunts. And she, she grunts and she can like smell the children. And oh, it's just she's that such scene a good when villain. she was like stalking Miss Honey and, and Matilda in her own home. And I was they kept riveted. having they kept having to distract the, uh, you know, so Miss Honey would drop a, a, a shot put so Matilda can move to the next room. And then Matilda would like shake something so Miss Honey can move. And they were just making her go back and forth through the house like. It was a really good scene. I, I really liked really it. It was really good. I mean, all the characters are great. I, maybe the son, like the brother, was a little bit boring. He was like he, Dudley from Harry Potter. He was. He's kind of like a shadow of his parents' characters. But right. There isn't a huge cast, but they're all really good, enjoyable I agree. characters. It was well done. So. What else has Danny DeVito directed? Danny I don't really DeVito, think of him as a director, but this directs, is so good. He does a ton of short films, so I looked it up. He did a ton of short films, and then before, I thought this was his directorial debut. It wasn't. So he did a bunch of, like, TV movies, and then he did, like, a Jimmy Hoffa kind of movie before this. He did two, like, movie movies before this one, and then he just, he's done a few other movies and a bunch of, like, shorts. So nothing too crazy, but he he did a good job. It's fantastic. I love it. I'm sure he's directed a couple episodes of It's Always Sunny. I'm sure he has because he's on that show and he's great as Frank. That would make sense. <laughs> that would add up. Yep. It all One plus two up. is three quick bats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm good. You're good? I, I don't really have anything else to touch on with this movie. I, I am I am not disappointed. I think it's one of those times when I watched it and I enjoyed it even more than I expected to because I was really sitting down to pay attention to it and I was not disappointed. Right. So we d- we we had fish tacos just before we watched this <laughs> and like we were debating should we just eat and watch the movie and we're like no we want to be able to pay attention to the movie. So we ate fish tacos, watched Frasier while we did that and then we watched this movie with a clean palate. Uh, <laughs> um for me Definitely didn't ruin my childhood. I remember loving this movie, and I I did like this movie. I don't think I liked it as much as I thought I was going to like it, but I think that's more because I thought she had her, like, powers, and she was using her powers more throughout the movie. 
But it's you still know, the was... powers are, they're not even the strongest point of her character. No, though. they're not. It was her strong mind. Yes. Her indomitable will <laughs> to live and thrive. Uh, but no, like, I, I think I was a little disappointed because I thought that's what it was. Like, I remember as a kid loving the idea of her having this. Like, I, I could almost guarantee after watching this movie as a kid, I tried to move things with my mind. I guarantee I tried it. I guarantee that I did move things with my mind as a child. <laughs> um, so I, I think it's safe to say did not ruin our childhood? Did not. Cool. Not at all. So for our anniversary episode, it's coming up. Our next episode will actually be the year that we've been making this show. So that's pretty amazing. That went by really quick. It did go by pretty fast. Um, so just like on Remake Rewind, we did a, we actually did like a clip show for Remake Rewind and we had Xavier back. We wanted to do something special for this this podcast. So what we're going to do is we're going to each pick a movie that the other hadn't seen. I guess we can do a TV show as well. I think you're going to have me do a TV show, right? Yes. So we're going to each pick something that the other hadn't seen or has never watched before. We're going to tell them what we remember about it and why we think they're going to like it. So... I am picking the Macaulay Culkin classic, The Page Master, which Katrina's never seen. And what are you picking for me? I am picking Roundhouse, which is a sketch comedy show. I'm pretty sure it was on Nickelodeon. And I'm actually no idea what it really is. surprised that you haven't seen I've it. I've never even heard of it. It's I you It know, doesn't I, sound familiar at all. I think it was it was kind of like all that, but a little bit edgier. The kids were a little less cute. I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't know Dick Lenny had a sketch show other than all that. I think you'll like it. Excellent. So, Katrina, love what? of my life, beautiful lady friend, female companion, what, where, where, where can our listeners find you on the internet? We are all over the internet. Or, not we are. <laughs> I was going to tell them to tweet at us. I'm all over the internet at Katrinaocity. Check out my YouTube channel. And... If you remember anything about these things that we're going to be talking about in the next episode. The Page Master or Roundhouse? Roundhouse. Roundhouse. Be sure to tweet at us. So at MDX Pods, at Katrina Ossity, um, either one of those, and uh, tell us what you remember, and we will read some of these tweets. Yeah. Don't be sliding in our DMs all ashamed. Yeah. Albert. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if his name was Alberto and he like put a gap in there. To be funny. Or maybe you just misread it and it no, was No, there was Alberto. a space. It was Albert space O period. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Well, you thought your last name was Acevedo for the longest time. Hey, that was my dad. That's how he told us. Acevedo. Anyway, <laughs> um, you guys can follow MDX Pods at MDXPods.com at Twitter, on Twitter at MDX Pods. Uh, we're on that new Vero social media. It's weird. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. So check us out there. Uh, please check out Remake Rewind. We did just put up a best of episode. So if you've never heard the show, it's a perfect time to listen to it. Um, we've got some of our serious moments. We've got some of the funniest moments. Just check it out. If you like the best of episode, you'll definitely like the, the show as a whole. And help us out on Patreon. Throw a couple dollars away. It helps us pay the bills. And yeah, that's it. Anything that's else? That's it. Nope. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye.